Tall Miller Lite. Yes. No. IPA. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on that one. You're out. You're out next week, right? Out but reachable. Okay. I got to see a popcorn machine in action. You guys have some serious popcorn machines around here. We do. It's part of the brand. <laughs> yeah. It's a sunburst. Thanks. We got two more here. Thank you very much. Scoot it in short. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Arnold Palmer. Thanks. Uh, just a water, please. Thank you. How's that, how's that whole like mobile thing going? Like Patty was talking a little bit about like the marketing department was like the first to kind of experiment. How far is that? Is that like to everybody now? Like to where like or is, or is it slowly rolling out? Like working. I would say still in rollout mode. Yeah. So we're up the street in a building called the CIT. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm in a little spot on a countertop and yeah. live out of the book bag and yeah. a couple of weeks of adjustment and. Our folks say that our, the collaboration on our team has never been better. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like right here or there, and you can have a conversation with somebody that yeah. you might never have had, or you'd have to schedule a meeting to have. That's when we're completely done with the renovation. 30 to 40% of folks will not have an assigned space. Maybe 30%, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, but just with what we've done, We've caused so much commotion that people have had to learn to work to work mobile, right? So it's actually been good from that standpoint because um, it sort of happened over time, as opposed to you know when all, everything's done, we have to, everybody's already changed, so it's good. Yeah. Is there is there some sort of like kind of balance you guys are finding, like because I think too many people lean too much on it. Like if you get too far, if you never come in, never see people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, is, is that kind of developing, like a sort of a balance like with, with different teams? Or? I, I'd be glad when all this is done <laughs> because we do. We've got 400 and some people in Lodi yeah. at an outlet mall. We've got people in Medina, and, and I, there's got to be some disconnectedness that's happening, yeah. right? So I'm not running across those folks enough unless yeah. I go down there. So it'll be nice to everybody back in the facility. We feared during this we'd have more people just defaulting to staying at home and working. Oh, really? And that really hasn't come true, at least in, you know, to the view I would have. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe a few more days a month, but even folks that are out and about a lot still come in because if you're a home office type employee, I think they do like the engagement of being here. Well, you know, and I think we were, you know, we were talking about this, like the whole talent thing, like it's just the ability to know that it's there if you need it. Yeah. It's yeah. like this whole, like, hey, I'm locked yeah. in my cell for like eight hours or whatever it is. Like, I, if that has anything to do with it but yeah yeah, yeah and i would say that the journey that that we started probably a couple of years ago now when, when we messaged that no one would have an office um i mean at the time that just seemed it seemed like such a such a tough thing because you know even, even if you don't even if you don't use the office and i think that's what we that's what we found so many people yeah. who had offices were we're on the road. We're sitting in meetings in other locations. So you have this great office, but you're not really you're not really using it um, now to be able to take that space and to create more shared space. You know, more conference rooms, small rooms, things of that nature. Um, I think the other change that I've noticed, you know, with all the disruption that we have that we have today, is the time that we're together. I think it's your point, just on the, the better collaboration. The time that we that we spend together now is is time really well spent. Yeah. Right. Because we're 
we're in separate locations, we're traveling, and so when you see somebody every day, kind of take it, kind of yeah. take it for granted. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because you know people like you know they they will actually you know kind of it, it will make that interaction more impactful knowing that you know it's like hey, I might not have it all the time but when you're sitting next to somebody 24/7 it's just like meh yeah you kind of forget about it but right. when you move yourself reintroduce yourself yeah. is that something that I mean so this I mean I hear this from agencies all the time it's like hey I can't have my people not in the office or whatever it's just this like rigidness of like how they do things so the I think it's a huge point the word you used was rigidness yeah. so flexibility yeah is part of the underpinning of what we're doing and I think folks that are leading in, in space sort of design I think the more folks not dictating yeah you know that that's huge I think yeah, yeah. for people yeah. I mean, I, go no good no it's 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 change management I mean I think it's change management for how you interact with that employee but it's also yeah. it's change management for you know for everyone else in the office right I mean that yeah. that sense of you can be highly productive and not and not be there um, and you could have somebody sitting sitting right across from you, and you may know everything that they're doing, but you but you may not also. But there's a technology piece to this too, though, yeah. right? So, for sure, when we're done, regardless of where you are, there's a technology solution that lets everyone know where you are and how to get you either real or virtually. Right. Right. I mean, so, so how, how are you guys handling that? You know, there's tools today that, that let you do that, right? Yeah. I mean, so. You know, we've got Jabber, which is everything from text, chat, to video. Um, you, you can have your Jabber status be anything you want, you know, available working at home. Um, or, you know, available in building H floor, floor two at the cafe or, yeah. And most of us, well, maybe not most, but many of us now have the Jabber as an app on our phones. Yeah. Right. So, so similar to Slack, I'm assuming? Maybe a little different. More advanced? Yeah. More like an instant message platform? More of a communication yeah. platform, yeah. You know, yeah. It started as chat, but it's blown out to, you can do WebEx's video conference. Yeah. Um, you can share content visually. So you can literally have a meeting yeah. and you're not all sitting around a table. So, yeah. so I got to ask this from, from, from the big boss. Are you ever like, because this is what I think people are like paranoid, like if they can't see them, they're not working? Yeah, I, I think we're past those days. Uh, at least here, yeah. I'm sure there's still some folks that grew up in that that environment. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're past it. I mean, I, it's a seven by twenty four world, and you feel that personally. Yeah. Most people feel that personally. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we're definitely feeling from a work standpoint. So I, you could stand in the parking lot and you would see activity just all day long. People coming and going. No one knows right. yeah. what your work. You know, hours are necessarily, or um, yeah, so it's different. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I was like, um, if you have to worry about them working, you pretty much have the wrong person and/or mentality. Right? Or the wrong like, leadership. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Right, you know, it's, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, and it's Great. easier today, even if you take a role that's intended to be remote. I used to joke that somebody could be basically resigned for six months and you'd never know it, but with the amount of interaction you have with folks and the data that's available, I mean, it, you'd know pretty quick if performance was was taken ahead. And it just, so what's the, the right what's the feedback mechanism that, that you guys use, like, to judge, like, obviously if you're not, like, you're like, 
some company, I, you know, I've talked to some co- insurance companies where they, they got, they've gotten rid of performance evaluations. Or whatever. Like, what do you guys use to kind of determine? So, so we, we just made a, a massive change to our performance evaluation process and it's, everyone's basically got four, four objectives. Yeah. And uh, we're really encouraging and providing a framework around constant coaching to our leaders. And we've given them training and we're, you know, it's about constantly meeting and talking about how things are going and coaching as opposed to 20 page performance evaluations once a year. Yeah. So that's it's early for us on that, that yeah. front, I think. Yeah, Very first early. year. It's a journey. Yeah. 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 And I think we've seen that we've seen that that pendulum oh, swing, yeah. right? Okay. I mean you we're kinda of going back to the way we used to be and then the pendulum swung to, you know, rigid objectives. Yeah. And then rigid objectives bounced with coaching and so, you know, I think now we're in a we're in a good spot. And I think it just meets kind of the you know, the the pace, right? I mean things things change so quickly that even sometimes to lock down objectives in January, who knows how the year is gonna unfold, right? In some in some in some parts of the company it's very clear and others, you know, to have a, a just a broader framework. Makes makes a lot more sense. Our but. goal is to get people talking about collective performance as often as possible. Because the more that happens, the more there's focus on it, and there's a better chance of success. So, kind of focusing on the coaching, like, do you have people that are more annoyed, like, when their people aren't like meeting the standard, like, they're like they hold themselves to a higher standard than maybe even you guys would, or something? I mean, like, that. are they that kind of rabid on it, like? No, I don't know if I'd say that. Is it gotten to that point? Or like, I just want, like, I when you, just that interesting, like, if, like, hey, listen, if, if the leaders, you know, below me, if everyone's kind of doing their thing, like, that's going to take care of everything else. Like, I'm just curious, is the level of intensity, like... That's a good question. I mean, I, yeah. think, I, think, I think in a, a year or two, we'll be able to answer that. Because yeah. it's, still, it's still pretty early. I think a lot of, especially newer leaders, are, are learning this... <laughs> coaching approach kind of a thing and that it's pretty continuous so it's not you know it's definitely not once a year it's a you know a pretty frequent kind of a thing yeah so, I don't know jury's out yep we'll see huh. we shall see interesting so um, you had mentioned uh, Westfield University yeah I wasn't familiar with that like so how detailed do you guys go like is it kind of like what exactly what do you cover and so we've got, as I said, a, a fairly sizable staff yeah. of development professionals in that yeah. area, and literally hundreds. And I mean, there might be a thousand offerings, and it really ranges from self-study to classroom to experiential. And we have partners with universities and firms, you know, around the country that we use to fill that curriculum out. So it's not all us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a. It's a really robust development sort of facility. Yeah. How long has that been going? In some way, shape, or form for 20 years. Oh, and I mentioned the, the management training program. Yeah. That's 40 years. So you, you could argue we've had some, some structured approach to development for a long time. Yeah. It's something we're proud of. And, I mean, we talked about it. There's nothing more important than, you know, our people and providing, enabling them to develop and, and uh, evolve yeah. and be successful. It's actually pretty cool too because we've we've long had this belief that not everything is solved Thank you. just by training. So every department has an assigned, that's probably it. Is this your side salad? <laughs> I guess probably. it is. Great. I like, yeah, I don't think I ordered Italian. Oh, thanks. The part of Westfield University, there are performance consultants 
they have a direct business re a relationship with each individual business unit. So you, there used to be a belief that if there's a performance gap, it's always training, but it might not always be training. To its point, it could be coaching. It just could be experiential type things. So they'll work with you to figure out like what's best for what your individual team needs yeah. to raise the level of performance or the internal collaboration or the teamwork or whatever it is along the way. So it becomes even broader than just, here's a whole lot of technical curriculum to go take. And that's also where our TAP program is, is housed and managed. So our agency perpetuation and training. So the program we offer our agencies to bring in their next generation talent sort of housed and managed there. It is. Yeah. <coughs> Even though that's an agency association program, a little bit complex there, but they're the ones that bring it to life. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So how is uh, the perpetuation side of things? How active are you guys in all that? Very, I would guess. Yeah. But not very enough, maybe. I guess you could argue. You're you're saying from an agency person or internally? Yeah, agency. Yeah. The, you know, the biggest, uh, you, probably the biggest thing that we have right now is well, a couple of things, but probably the biggest is the the bank. You yeah. know, I mean, if you look at Westfield Bank and a niche that they've carved out around agency banking, um, you know, that's a that's a it's it's an extension of us. Obviously, it's yeah. separate from us, but. You know, I think the quality of the people there and the insight that they bring, you know, that's been a that's been something that's that's unique. Um, you know, we do some things through you know the Westfield Agency Association, more around education. You know, just educating new producers and then providing some some ongoing educational support there. Uh, but admittedly, I think you know for us. Uh, at times it feels like we can be a, a pebble in the ocean. I mean, how much can we really impact the perpetuation of the agency? I was just going to go there. I've had a view for a lot of years that we should do, try to do good work to assist the channel in that area, but Westfield can't move the, move the, yeah. you know, move the rock. Um, and the other thing we've learned is it's as much or more an emotional yeah. situation and thing than it is a logical financial thing. Yeah, yep. that's yeah. a better way of so, saying what I was thinking. It takes yeah. a willing agent too yeah. to engage. And to your point, I mean, a carrier so variables. is just a carrier in the mix. So you can offer everything under the sun, and then one day the principal wakes up and goes, "I'm ready." Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. I've gotten over. Or to, it's it's emotional. Yeah. You know, one thing from more of a, I'd say, consultative approach, I mean, we haven't done huge programs or invested in huge programs. We have, yeah. we have good partnerships with people like Marshberry and Reagan. One of the things that Chris and folks on Chris's team do are open to is just starting that dialogue, yeah. right? Because sometimes an agency just wants to think through, you know, I get phone calls, I think about networks, and, you know, it's just, it's just putting a few questions in front of somebody to say, What's most important, you know, is is the long-term viability of your agency, the name, you know, how do you think about the staff, how do you think about the customers, and, yeah. and I think Chris has many examples where he's just opened up that that dialogue and said, hey, just just think through what's ultimately most important to you, and it gets people, at least it opens the door, but Ted's point that sometimes that's it's it's up to them, you know, they have to take the first step and. That, that's the biggest challenge. Yep. And bring that together where you've got a willing agent that wants to engage us. It could be sitting down with 
with myself or really anybody here, but yeah. talking through that, and we've actually gotten pretty good, even though the bank is sort of their own separate thing. Mike Wagar over there, if the agency's willing or at the right time, we'll sit down together and just have a 360 view of all the implications because it helps them answer a lot of questions they might have and um, help get them thinking about, about stuff that most of the times they have not. Because um, selling is easy. Perpetuating internally is hard and it yeah. takes a cultural shift and you know you hear that a lot. But yeah. um, if all they want to do, we call it the Boca deal. If they want to do that, we'll make the phone ring yeah. before the meeting's over. But most don't. And they want to think through all those. And the emotional part of it that Ed referenced. There's some things that's, they're deeply tied to emotionally. The brand they've built, the community involvement, the protection to their employees. That stuff's really important. This question might be like lighting a dumpster fire, but let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, what the, what the hell? Uh, what do you guys think the, what, like, per, like personally, what's your, what do you think the industry's biggest vulnerability is? So I would say, this is getting a little esoteric, but if the economic versus insured gap keeps trending the way it is, we will be covering less and less risk in the world. And I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think it means we go away, but I think it, it starts to create issues you know, that are, that are challenging. So, uh, you know, everything going on with flood right now is really interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's not just because we've got a government program that's a mess. <laughs> there's more to it than that. Um, You're being too kind, Ed. I know. Uh, I mean, there's demographics, movement that, you know, movement to the, to the coasts and coastlines and construction, and you got societal things going on. Uh, and we're not, we're really not handling that risk. That's just one example, right? So, um, that's a big one. Yeah, I, I, I would connect too. And you know, these are these are things that are kind of like motherhood and apple pie, but but openness to change yeah. and pace, right? And I think for for much of this industry, whether it's the agency side or whether it's the carrier side, it's it's been a good business, and it's easy to get it's easy to get comfortable. Um, and you know, you saw a lot of it today. Think about the massive investments that you have to make, you know, to to prepare for you know what the future consumer looks like what the future expectations are, not even future what they are today. And so I think there has been, you know, this almost this inertia. It's been hard to, it's been really hard to, to overcome. But, you know, really just thinking differently about what risk is going to look like in the future to what your, your products are going to look like. You know, those are, those are things that are hitting us now. And we're still, you know, talking about, you know, the perpetuation of agencies or, you know, you know what's the what's the technology or the, the product that that we need to, to to meet the needs of the consumer today? And there's any number of things that need to be solved for, and um, how quickly or how actively we solve for them. I think that's a, I mean that's a that's a challenge. Yeah. It's very easy to want to do nothing, um, and you can be comfortable for some period of time. But I think that's. I mean, I. I wouldn't add much more. I mean, I think because the definition of risk, every, it's easy to say that private equity buying agencies, carriers being leveraged, or some somebody's going to nail an insure tech solution that's going to, 
just don't think that's real, but I think the definition of risk and the evolution of risk and shared economy, people aren't buying homes, 3D printing is going to start nailing dwellings. I mean, yeah. these types of things. So risk looks different, and can the industry adapt? Um, is there is there a certain speed limit that we should be traveling at? Mentioning, you know, going back to the pace, I guess, because right. you know, like, we have never been accused of moving fast on no. much of anything. Yeah. yeah, you know, there probably is. I, I don't know what it is. The, there's a structural thing, though, that plays into this, yeah. and it's state regulation. Yeah. Well, and the degree, regardless of what state, the, the degree of reg regulation, yeah. and that doesn't, that moves slower than, than we do. Yes. Um, and that's just a reality, and so it'll be interesting to watch all this collide, you know, when we need to be evolving our products and services to literally adapt to risk, you know, by the second, and we've got a state insurance department that's expecting a filing, you know, to, you know, handle exposure on an annual basis. Um, those are two worlds that are very different. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I mean, it's, it's, carriers are an easy target from outside entities that want to come in and, right. you know, hashtag disrupt. Yeah. Um, because we're slow to move. A lot of legacy systems, a lot of legacy processes, but state regulation. So there's a lot of talk about transparency, open data, a lot of sharing, machine learning, state regulations and compliance and privacy issues are huge. And that transcends, you know, any one carrier or multiple carriers that want to play with it. Yeah. Do you, do you think we'll ultimately get to like a real time like situation? I don't know. I mean, I, you can see it yeah. more realistically today looking forward, I think, right? Yeah. Pace it, that things move. Managing risk in that that world of fast pace has got to be different, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, and if, if sensors and data keep trending, we're going to know by the second where you are, what the environment is around you, and what the risks are, and how that changes, like fast. Right. Yeah. So it's, I think it's possible. It's a matter of when, probably. Yeah. That's what I can't yeah. right. figure out. Which, which for all of us, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the scary unknown. The, the value proposition that we've all built our businesses around, whether it's carrier agency, starts to change, right? I mean, whether it's, you know, the, 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 the access to markets, whether it's some of the consultative approach, um, you know, that starts to change in a world where there's more data, there's more insight, there's more information. But even things that we do, you know, from a carrier perspective, you think about claims handling, you know, if, you're, if your car actually reports the loss and has more insight than ever, well then, you know, what does that mean to, you know, the great claim service that we, that we offer? What does it mean to the role of the agents? And you just play that out and, you know, again, what the core insurance offering looks like and what long term, just what technology changes. I think, you know, the model, the model really starts to change in terms of, you know, how we've aligned, you know, being a good being a good carrier, being a solid agent in the past, I think that world starts to change, so it forces all of us to think about, you know, to your point earlier about the view of risk changing, you know, where can we provide the most value? If we provide products and services that really aren't, you know, the, the most critical things to ensure, you know, but flood becomes more of an issue or cyber becomes more of an issue, all these things that we're trying to figure out, I think that really becomes the, you know, the long-term question. Well, then you lay on top of that, how different customers are by segment or by, you know, by major line of business. So yeah. the need of a renter insurer versus, you know, a large commercial customer are entirely different too. So yeah. there's expectations, experience, and pace 
yeah. it differs along the way there too. So it'll probably force some tough decisions about where and how you want to play as a carrier or an agent. Yeah. Last unfair question, I promise, I think. What so far, they're not unfair, really. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is, I don't, I have no idea. I can't, even, I can't really put my finger on this one. Like, what, is the, what does the agent look like when those risks are being made, when those decisions can be made so much faster, right? Like, That's a great question. That's a great question. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we know that, that one either. Yeah. yeah. I, all I know is the role of, of some entity to have a deeper understanding of all that from a risk perspective feels like it's warranted yeah. in that situation. How they provide value, yeah. that's a that's a great question. Yeah. So you're saying that's what we need to spend the next 10 or 15 years <laughs> worrying and figuring it's out? It's gonna happen, right? And people yeah. are gonna figure it out, I think. Yeah. And that, that's part of what's exciting, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but 30 years ago when I showed up in this industry, there wasn't the kind of excitement that we're feeling now, and I think it's because of that kind of possibility that yeah. that people see. All of a sudden, you know, insurance is a, is a sexy industry in Silicon Valley. You know? Right, it's right. It's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting question. You think about. We always want to talk about other outside forces influencing customer expectation, and how quickly will in the insurance world will consumer expectations change because of their experience on Google or Amazon? One of those things versus actually needing that consultative advisory role I don't know we I don't know that we know what that transition looks like and how fast that'll happen to your point that's me that's you keep right? giving me food man. you just keep giving it to me and you keep that's giving all it right. away I, yeah <laughs> that one was easy to get right uh the side pocket <clears throat> yeah I'm, I'm it's a little flap just zip, unzip go. the middle yep. one yeah. yeah I get it okay right. thanks can I get you gentlemen anything Good. I'm good. Yes. We're good. Right. Thank you. Yep. That's not big enough. I wonder how often he's had the dynamic of a bunch of people eating with a microphone on their throat. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting. There you go. Here's Chris eating his wrap. That's right. Yeah. When was the last time you uh, interviewed people eating with uh, microphones on their throat? <laughs> last time? Uh, it's been a couple months. All right. You can isolate He's microphones, though, right? So if uh, the next profound Ed, you know, thing Ed says with me, you know, eating a chip, you can don't give me that much credit, Chris. Okay, I could, but I don't know that we have the budget at the agency nation for that yet. So. Yeah, there you go. So let's go back to your earlier question. Yes, uh, <laughs> I would say though, you know, to the comments that have been made, I mean, that's that's like the that's like the key question. Um, and I think it's important to note there, there's a percentage of agencies who are asking that question of themselves, right? I mean, this isn't just, you know, sitting in a room, but there's, there is a percentage of agencies who, who look at the landscape and they say, yep. consumers changing, technology is changing, what, just what our core value proposition for a consumer who, who has a lot more insight, who, who has a, a lot different picture of, of this world than they view today. There are agencies out there who are saying, what is our value proposition long term? I totally agree. I, the, if there's a perception that the channel is stuck in 1970, yeah. I think it's inaccurate. Because mm -hmm. there's some wicked smart folks and agencies all over this country yeah. who yeah. see the, all the stuff we're talking about. And they're, they're thinking about it as well. Yeah, it's just not the majority yet. Yeah. I agree. I think that's I the, agree. Yep. I think, you know, it's but it probably never was, though. Yeah. You know, whatever we were dealing with yeah. at different points in history, 
there's always a small segment that are going to leave it and drive it into the future and those that won't. As we talked this morning, though, I've seen more movement in the last 10 years, I think, than in, yeah. in my 32-year career. So I, I, mean, I, I feel the trend of the movement. It's, and that, it's great to see. Yeah. So that's good news. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the things that you've seen from some of the probably like your best you know agents at Western? Like, what's, what are some of the things that are exciting you that you see agencies doing? Well, we've got a, a sophisticated agency that proactively brings up and talks about data and analytics and what they're doing, and that they see an opportunity to jointly, you know, together do work with with data and big data. That's an awesome conversation, right? Yeah. And it's the, you know one of the right conversations. You know, back to the how do we provide value to the customer? Well, we got all this data. Agents are starting to get capabilities there. That, that should that should be a path to some value somehow. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say at the at the same time, um, we just had a conversation with an agent this morning. Who came in and, and we were talking about we were talking about data and how they're how they're just starting to amass data, you know, and then kind of figure out what it, ultimately what it looks like. Um, but I think that even some of the some of the core things that maybe agencies and even carriers didn't always focus on. Um, so things like measuring NPS, you know, understanding, you know, the, I, I mean, really understanding the value that they bring to the customer from the customer's point of view, and and making changes because of it. I think, I think that's you know, the uh, there's a lot of things that agencies can do, whether it's talent attraction, whether it's um, measuring NPS, measuring business performance, you know, focusing on digital and marketing. There's a lot of insight, but oftentimes to have the insight and then actually do something with it, there's a gap there. So I think we're seeing some of our best agencies pick a pick a core, pick some core things, pick a few things to focus on, and really focus on it. You know, test and learn. Let's experiment with digital marketing and actually understand what's working, what's not working, and make adjustments because of it. So I think there are some key areas. Data's one. You know, measuring measuring the the expectations and the performance of the customer. You know, talent attraction and development. You know, there's a number of ways to get at that, but you know, those tend to be some some core areas. Um, but I think there's sometimes a tendency to invest and then just stop, right? Yeah. Not not understand is it working? Is it not working? Why is it working? Why is it not working? And then and then making some adjustments. There's almost got to be a do something different tomorrow line item on your budget. Yeah. Those probably don't exist very often, though. No, they really don't. But it could be controversial, but that's the lifestyle agent that just continues to take too much out of the agency. And there's nothing left to invest. But it's odd to me that the agencies with the highest margins of returns are also the ones who are investing the most in the future. So that, that, that doesn't make sense to a lifestyle agent. It's not just agents. Well, carriers are in the same boat. By the way, so I, I turn the mirror right on yeah. us as an industry and say, "There's a whole bunch of us that are, you know, need the same agenda item on our daily agenda and need to embrace it." <laughs> yep. So, so we're going through, you know, the same kinds of things. How do you, um, how do you make data more approachable? Like, like how, how, like, how do you get that into an agency? Like, how do you get them thinking that this stuff actually has impact? That's a great question. I, mean, I think it's hard because it's not about the data. It's 
the ins yeah, the insight. It's what is this telling right. me? Yeah. You know, I think any agent that could start to receive the here's what this is telling me about my business and my customers. They don't know what to do. Getting to that point is a, is not easy, right? So I think the tools and the the techniques are they're evolving. So it's making it easier, but it's still probably a black box and really complicated to a lot of agents. Well, it's a cultural thing too. I mean, it's always been what's yours is yours, mine is mine. Yeah. And so in a culture of transparency, that's look that you had, you had a want to share and learn and gain insight from each so other first. I think this is systemic throughout, not just, and we haven't got to pick on these guys yet, so this will be fun. It's not just agents, it's not just carriers, it's also the technology companies that we are forced to deal with. Yep. I mean, honestly, like, yep. One of the, I just did a podcast on this this week, I think. Like we can't easily communicate with our clients that like, you know, like specifically enough to where it's like, hey, I want to talk to Westfield agents who have a commercial policy with us that have this limit of liability or whatever, right? Like we can't make that without that's like that's like a week's worth of work to put that list together. And that, like that's, I mean, that's like so far like that should have happened ten years ago, sort of thing. Yep. Well, most of the management systems I mean, maybe somewhat to their defense, but we're built to manage transactions. Right. I mean, remember T-filing wasn't that long ago, so everything was built to manage the transaction and an individual customer profile and not right. some aggregated view with deeper insight and behavioral analytics. So they're trying. That's, but why, that's why I think the industry has to look beyond the industry. Yeah. Because quite honestly, from a technology vendor standpoint, yep. There are parts of our industry that aren't big enough, quite honestly, to make the investments to build the kinds of tools that, that we probably need that are current. You know, so things like Salesforce and other you know broad things that are broadly deployed, um, we need to look outside the industry. Yeah, they don't need to be insurance specific. All. Right, exactly. I think of any industry, we're the most guilty of like they want it to be from an agent, you know, built by an agent, you know, whatever. Like it needs to be for insurance people. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, it kind of freaks them out a little bit. It does, yeah. Yep. I don't know why that is, though, but... Yeah, no, I... You know what, I, I would say we, we've, reached a, we've reached a point, we've probably been here a while, where I think what all this is driving is it's a, it's a different relationship and it's a different set of expectations that carriers and agencies should have of each other. And so, um, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about already are things that we're all still actively trying to solve for, we're, we're trying to always glean better insights from data, right? It's not just agencies, but we're trying to take subsets of data and figure out how does it, how does it, how does it make us better? How does it make the customer experience better? But to sit down and have a conversation about about data and you know what what agencies are trying to invest in and how we can learn from each other or how we can help each other, that's that's different than sitting down every day and saying how are we going to write more you know, personalized packages with you as an agency, or how are we going to write more small business? That's Those conversations are still vital, but it's this other conversation now, and at times you have to be, you have to be just really transparent um, and, and be able to share things back and forth. And you may not be able to do that with everyone, but finding those agencies that we can engage with and we can learn together, it's just differently, that's different than I think how agents and carriers have operated together in the past. Well, you know, what we talked about too a little bit, and I've heard, and I kind of want to get a little bit more into your guys' some stories on this, but your, your dedication to saying, listen, we're only going to work with agents that are 
thinking and doing this way, and, and that's a hard thing to stick to. You know, you got the dude's brother's cousin uncle who's like, hey, you know, come on, we go way back, sort of thing, and yep. that's a hard thing to stick to. Well, just well, I'll let these guys really talk about that, but I mean, just to be clear, we do business with any kind of agency out there today. Right. What we're doing though is differentiating yeah. how we work with that spectrum. Uh, and we're gonna focus more of our resources and time and energy on the folks that we think are gonna be here in 20 years or 30 years because we're 170 years old and we need to be around for another 170. And a lot of the channels doesn't have that that long-term perspective. They're they're looking at this year and next year for the most part. Yeah. And, and that's it, regardless of, you know, regardless of size, regardless of, of ownership, um, you know, there's a, there, there's a few core things um, as we think about, you know, our business and, and, and what we're investing in and then who are the best partners to, to work together. Um, it's, it's different than it was in the past, right? I mean, you know, we always look at, you know, volume and growth and loss ratio and the financial measures. Um, and those are really important, but they're but they're backward looking, right? I mean, you know, those are all historic measures, and really finding the agency who's, you know, solving for perpetuation or thinking about marketing or, you know, you know, just what it's going to take to be to be viable and healthy over the next five, 10, 20 years. That takes a different. It takes a different relationship. It takes a different a different set of questions, and um, in many cases, you know, the feedback hasn't hasn't been positive as we've gone down this road. But in many cases, as we start to engage with agencies and really want to understand, so so what are you doing as an agency? Look past the Westfield relationship. What are you doing as an agency? You know, to set yourself up for the future. You know, a lot of agencies have said, you know, we're just happy that you asked the question because it helps us to think through it. And then we as a carrier partner think we can be a better carrier partner because we have more insight into what they're thinking about in their business. And it helps us drive, you know, what, what industry things are we going to support or what are we going to support as a carrier partner to make them better, not just help them grow the Westwood relationship, which is still really important. But, you know, our philosophy is if they win as an agency, you know, if they're if they're going to be successful as an agency, we're going to get our we're going to get our our, our, our fair share of that. That's a different potential business. Yeah, but we want to bet on winners. Right. So, that's clearly. Yeah. I had a good question. I forgot it. Sorry. Sorry. We'll come back. Craig's tactic sometimes is to go on long enough that, that you right. that's right. It takes you off track. Yeah, usually <laughs> there's usually a reason for that. Adam, so, don't yeah. forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget Remember, it. Remember, he's, he's working with agents a lot, so this yeah. is a negotiation. This is a negotiation <laughs> technique, right? Yeah. Gotta yeah, keep him honest. Yeah. It's coming down out there. This is good for our, uh, our newly planted grass on the south forest. I was thinking the same thing. Could use yeah. rain. So you guys have like a company like Golfing League or something? I feel like that's we do. We do. Yeah, the, yeah. There's an, um, yeah, a very popular employee. I forget what it's called. Yeah, I do too. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, men, men and women, yeah. all the same league. Nine holes after work. Love to see it because it just gets people interacting more in a different environment. 
Are there any like stakes? Like is there like a like a revolving trophy or something like fantasy like sports or like? What? I don't know how competitive it is anymore. It's, it's more a social thing. Yeah, I think yeah, so too. Years ago, it used to be very competitive and and mostly men. And now it's you know, there's a ton of women that, oh, that do it. It's, it's as much a social thing as it is anything else. Which is which again, I, I think it's great. Years ago, I used to be one of the committee members, I guess. And, it was very competitive back then, so you yeah. handicapped everybody and you'd rotate who you were playing against and you'd do a season-ending banquet with, with awards, mostly for bragging rights and some door prizes. And, but I think to Ed's point, just schedules are so hectic that just it's just a great way to get people out, out playing golf. And they pick their teams and they go have fun. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a crazy thing. Like, I try to find people to say bad things about Westfield, and, like, nobody does. And, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just, like, because there is just so much, like, kind of here, like, beyond the walls of, like, you know, the office or whatever. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but it's been around forever. But every agent I talk to that's, you know, that, that, that's kind of pushing with you guys, like, they're just, hey, Westfield is a great company. Great to hear it. Yeah. It's good. I think I'm it's guessing they yelled at us a time or two over the years, but yeah. it's yeah. good that when it really matters and they're talking outside. Yeah. We're not perfect, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, and it's our people. It is literally the quality of our people that create that brand in the industry. So we appreciate our team. Yeah. How's your salad? Good. I'm trying to get through it, man. It's just, I'm like, those are big salads. I need an extra, uh, need an extra 30 minutes. <laughs> huge. Or so. Yeah. Everyone's gonna be waiting for me. That's why I didn't order it. It's a lot so of lettuce. Huge. I mean, I could eat faster, but then it just really wouldn't be appealing for <laughs> exactly. everybody at home. Gotta, gotta keep it friendly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the only, the only thing this video is gonna show is that I'm a messy eater. <laughs> I can do it, right? Well, I've cleaned up. Oh. <laughs> Twice. Um, that's, that's what the editing's for, right? That's what the editing is. There you go. You getting the kind of questions out throughout the whole morning and, and lunch that you think are... Yeah, I'm just here? trying to have a you know, good conversation about insurance. <laughs> Get inside your guys' heads a little bit. That's great. <clears throat> Not sure about it though. He's still he's holding out on me a little bit. Yeah, holding out on me a little bit. Fire away, pry away. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See if you can get there. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> Did you go through the uh, <clears throat> the new section? Yeah. Yeah. I saw your little locker spot. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Joey that the, when I first walked into that. It's like you're walking from the 1960s to, to modern day. It, it's, it almost looks surreal, it like is. a movie set. Because so. that wall that you, is there and the way it's angled. Yeah. It's, it's actually, I like that from a change perspective yep. because people can see the contrast. That's huge. And feel it. And uh, it's, fun to, it's fun to watch. Yeah. 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 I was telling somebody, uh, one of our employees was coming out when I was coming in this morning. And she, had a huge grin on her face and, and said, I love the new space. She said, it's phenomenal. She said, I came in on my day off to move in. That's how excited I was. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> wow. That's great. Yeah. Great way to start my day hearing that. 
So you walked into it that way. When I went up there the first time, I had the shock and I just walked up the stairwell and you just sort of like come out of the old stairwell and it's like, wow, this is fantastic. So when did you when did you first get to walk in there? Like it was Wednesday morning for so me. It's, so it's like new for everybody. Though. Within the last week, yeah. ten days. That section open. A week. Right? Yeah, yeah, Monday was. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. I yeah. track of time. So I mean, it's probably like, a, like you guys have been waiting, 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 and then just like to finally. <laughs> it's like the first. Yeah. The first time people can see reality start to show up. So it's helpful. There is that element. You stop and think like that. It's here, you know, and it's and it's now. Yeah. And it's, it's not concept anymore, and it's not it's not contractors, you know, three D videos and those types of things. Yeah. It's, it's it's really cool. I mean, you go to a lot of places, and you've been to a number of carriers. I mean, other places going through similar transformations, maybe already have. I mean, I've been to some of the ones that I know you have, and. Yeah. Um, been to State Auto. I mean, they're feels like they're kind of probably have to like build a whole new campus somewhere because they're probably probably out of space. But they, they've renovated their floors to where it's all kind of open okay. as much as they can. I think they're going to try and get to the executive level to where that's a similar feel. But they're, they're still up in their big offices and all that stuff. So all right. Not not being in an urban area has its plus yeah. sides for us, right? So we can do some things that yeah, would be very hard and expensive if you were in downtown Cleveland yeah. or Chicago or yeah, wherever. Sure. Right. Grange more or less had to build a new building in order to do that, right? I mean, they built the new tower. And I honestly haven't, haven't been to Grange. Yeah. I haven't been to that one. Okay. It was in the new tower last year, I think. Um, and it felt like it was... A ten-year-old version of trying to do this. Yeah. So you know, it's very open and modern, but keeping it fresh. I was at Progressive in uh, February, maybe, and they're kind of doing a sim similar thing of just they have the old cubicles and spots. And okay. They're trying to tear that down. Gotcha. So everybody's going through it. Yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, just how much. You know, I think I think it's I think it's catching everybody's attention. Like, right. Just like we just have to you know, provide a place that people want to come to. It's interesting. The trend some number of years ago was let's optimize and get yeah. people to work on the road and at home so we can lower costs in the office. And now it's about let's create an office environment that's amazingly cool yeah. that will inspire and and be a phenomenal place for people to work. Uh, and I think the tech industry led both of those. Yep. You know? um, one, of my, one of my lifelong best friend's daughter had an internship. She actually was at Plug and Play, which is pretty wild. But part of her internship was every Friday they spent a day at a different firm in Silicon Valley. So it went to Facebook, Airbnb, wow. Apple. And so as part of that parents' day, my best friend, he's a ridiculous tech junkie. Um, so I got to go to all those, and he was telling me about the Facebook campus, and just that, to your point, I mean, they just build it to have people stay, um, and everything's there, and they have like a food mall that's not even, people don't even get charged for at Facebook, yeah. so three o'clock in the afternoon, you want to go down and have a conversation like this, and you want ice cream, you just go get ice cream, but their point was like, you can't. 
an adult daycare and you know hair places on campus because you can't get anywhere in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So just yeah, <laughs> just stay here. Um, so way out in front of that. Yeah. Way out in front of that. I can't remember which one it was. I think it's. I think it was. I think it was Google. We went to Google's uh, sort of main campus out there in the Google Bus. Have you heard this? So they literally have customized buses that um, will run from parts all around that area of California. So like, you could live in San Francisco or the north side of San Francisco and go to a couple miles maybe, park your car, get on the Google bus oh, wow. that is laid out, comfortable, high-speed Wi-Fi, uh, food, a bathroom, everything you need. For, yep. It may take 90 minutes. Just gonna say it, but you're in a work environment right. where you've got your phone, laptop. I mean, you work for 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's impressive, man. That's cool. We need one from a diner. <laughs> well, he was telling me like, That'd you be can't. 15, but like, so I mean, these are pretty nice jobs for a college kid and. Five of them could barely afford to live <laughs> together. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so people are living further and further outside, so the bus makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably what we'll get to when cars can like effectively drive themselves, where yeah. it can be becomes part of your yeah work time. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm kind of looking forward to it, but. Did you see the IIHS study? They did on autonomous vehicles. I saw that this Check morning. It, out. Uh, it, it just it, it does a nice job of showing how far we have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they five vehicles: Tesla, BMW, Volvo, Audi, Mercedes, all the latest. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the folks that are a lot of the tests. Four out of five failed. Really? Yeah. 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 And some of what they found was all this. You know, lane change guidance and all that, all these features are potentially not improving safety, but possibly making it worse. Uh, and I think all that will get figured out. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of time, but it's just a great window into where things are today. And yeah. It's just, we got a long way to go. I mean, I'd, I'd encourage Two years ago, it was supposed to have revolutionized, you know, revolutionized yeah. personal lines by now. Right. Yeah. It's not even on most people's plates. It's going to happen, but uh, check that out. It, it's a good read. It's a good read. Yeah. You're disappointing me. I was hoping my kids would never have to learn to drive. <laughs> Keep hoping, and maybe maybe they will. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a great years. hope. I'm hoping ten years. Yeah, my son's just turned seven, so I'm yeah, thinking like, maybe they won't have to drive because I don't want to deal well, with those that. generations. Awesome. Don't want to learn awesome. to drive anyway, so yeah, I know, there's right? a lot of truth to awesome, that. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, are, are we insured? Are, are there things that we're not insuring that we should be or could be? Or is there like just like if the, if the, if they're not doing those things, is there, there's obviously like a every reaction sort of thing. Is there something that is valuable to them that does not have the option to be covered? The first thing that comes to my mind is so just personal liability. Yeah. So if you don't own a home, if you don't have a car, like where are you getting this liability for yourself from? Which is, I mean, what it's a, a small example. What about like, I'm just, this is way out there, so I'm apologizing, but um, like with everybody living, like kids like just ingrained online now, like like they're living a lot of their life in public and like oh, yeah. that can sometimes be a risk where like somebody that says the wrong no. thing and like they're unemployable yeah. for 
oh, like, yeah. ever because they're yeah. just an idiot for like a, I don't know yeah. for a minute or something. Like, is that I don't even know if that's a thing, but like I mean, how many celebrities are famous people are losing their careers yeah. over a tweet? Yeah. I, my answer, CEO of Tesla. That's right. Was going to be the whole world of cyber, and yeah. when I say cyber, I'm not thinking narrowly, but yeah. really broadly. Right. So yeah, your personal identity. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of risks there, both from a a hacking standpoint, but but what you talked about too, reputation, yeah. being an idiot. That's a <laughs> yeah. that's still a happens huge to the best of us. Window of opportunity of growth for the industry. And there's we'll products. That. I mean, if you think about it, there's there's there may be some individual products, right? There's even if you think about it from a personal perspective, there's some cyber offering there today. You know, you can protect your 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 identity. Privacy becomes an issue, but I think to your point, is there is there a way to think about because it's all connected, right? Cyber and privacy and identity theft, and yep. so there might be some individual solutions, but but it's a it's a large, complicated world. And how are we thinking about? It goes back to what you said earlier about agencies thinking about their value proposition. You know, you sell someone a homeowner's policy, but how do you think about their their, their risk overall? You know, and and help them protect you know some things that maybe they don't. You know, necessarily contemplate today. You think about the underwriting, you know, for for Indian insurance. Well, it's not called Indian insurance, but that seems you like think a good. About, we can do a whole know, campaign around that, right? Yeah. Or even like for a parent, right? I'd love to understand what's my. I, I I can look at what my son and daughter are doing online, but I can't quantify it. Or so manage it. Yeah, if somebody yeah. can tell me, hey, you have, you have a high risk. Or you're uh, trending. Yeah. Your, your kid's trending the, the wrong way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Forget no. about the driving. Yeah. Social yeah. media is even a bigger PR, concern. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. There's something to that. Time to have a talk with you. That junior. reminds me. I need to look at Courtney's <laughs> Instagram page. So, yeah. Uh, How active are you guys in that, like, that space of looking for new technology ideas? Or, like, is that something you guys are just kind yeah, of dabbling? So, so, no, we've got an innovation strategy. Uh, we've got, actually, a, a team that's been formed and... We still have some folks to hire. Yeah. Uh, we created a subsidiary called 1848 Ventures okay. this okay. year. Um, How recently? I feel like I haven't early, heard about that. Earlier this year, yep. Earlier this year, we funded it with capital. It's a it's a wholly owned sub. Um, that's where we partner with places like Plug and Play, and, and that's where we're out in the ecosystem yeah. trying to understand who's innovating what and, and what the possibilities might be. We're also got multiple experiments going on right now. We're actually trying some things, some concepts, and we're also positioned to invest in that. You know, we, we could deploy capital into innovation entities uh, if, we, if we want to. So yeah, yeah, that's it's fairly new, but you know, the era's been around for a couple years. The subsidiary just got formed, so I'd say by my next year we're going to be we're going to be motoring in that that, that arena. So. We're excited cool. about that. Yeah. Insurance has got a lot of money that it could probably put to use. I mean, like of, of a lot of industries. You know, so we, the industry has a lot of excess capital yeah. that, that it's sitting on, and the challenge is how to use that to create value. Yeah. 